Hello, and welcome to episode 355 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan, as always, joined by Evan Silva. And today we have a very, very special guest. I, I can honestly say that this is a young man who is following the prospect streets as close as, as anyone on earth. He's not doing it for his own good. He's doing it to crush the prop market. He's crushing the dynasty, dynasty game. He's in the prop streets for us in both NFL and NBA, all while also coaching high school football somehow. It is, of course, the legend himself, Anthony Miko. Anthony, welcome to the show. How's it going? It's going good, man. Appreciate, uh, appreciate being on with you. It's, I'm happy it's draft season. It's the best time of the year. It, it really is. And I never used to care about the draft until we got the draft props going. But anyways, that's a story for a little bit later. Evan is here, as always. Free agency is dying down. Evan, how are you feeling? I'm doing well, doing well. Just sitting here drinking some uh, liquid death, which, by the way, is just water. Um, <laughs> I, that was one of the surpri most surprising developments that I've had over the last couple of months, discovering that liquid death is just water. I thought it was like some you know, spectacular thing. Another thing that I discovered, Adam, is that your true doppelganger is not Pete Davidson. It's not James Franco. <laughs> it's, it's Ed Bassmaster. <laughs> Do you know who that is? Is that one of the guys that does the bass fishing competitions on ESPN? No, no. He's, he's a Philly guy. He's like a, a, a comedian and, a, and a, a prankster. And you'll, you'll have to look him up. He's like big time on like YouTube. Oh, but um, yeah, no, you, you got to look him up because uh, th this is who you really look like. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I can't wait to see how disgusting this guy is. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> on, on, today's on today's show, we are going to talk NFL draft. And we're going to talk about it through the lens of God's gift, a.k.a. NFL draft props. It's still really early. I mean, really, really early. It's March 22nd. Draft won't be until the last week of April. But we've already made a bunch of bets. We've made eight bets already. We got some good prices. I think markets are indeed moving. We'll certainly do more pods on this topic as we get closer to the April 28th draft. But I really just wanted to sit down with these guys and start to talk through it. Before we get into it, wanted to remind everyone there are some wild, wild price discrepancies in the NFL draft prop market. Um, I know that I have money on like every single book that offers draft pops. I know Amico does as well. Evan should as well. I'm on him every day to do so, but it's really insane not to have money on every book that has props. Cause man, I mean, we're going to talk about some of them. I mean, there's like nine to one on some site and three to one on another site. And like, you can't even, you can quantify how massive the value is there for that. So, Go to the betting and props tab on EstablishTheRun.com. The first link is ETR Sportsbook Offers. Find your state on there and take advantage of the sign-up bonuses in there. All right. So there's not a full menu up yet. And as the process moves along, there'll be more and more that are added to the menu on the books. But it's still actually, considering how far out we are, I actually think the menus now are pretty good. The first market that went up, Amico, was odds to go number one. And I don't know if we, we butchered this or not, but this is the one bet we've taken so far that looks like it's really bad because we took Ecom Ekwanu, pardon me for uh, butchering his name, but we took that at plus 350 for him to go number one overall as soon as the Jaguars decided to franchise tag Cam Robinson Hutchinson. Adam Hutchinson immediately became the favorite to go number one. He is now minus 400 in most spots. You can get 10 to one 
on Ike, a.k.a. Ecom now. So do you think we butchered this number one thing to start with, Amico? And what do you think about odds to go number one now? Yeah, I mean, it's tough because I, I feel like at the time of the bet, we weren't really expecting the Jags to just like go crazy spending money. And maybe that's a process flaw by us. I mean, I, I still don't think that he's drawing completely dead to go first. Like it, the Jaguars are definitely not like completely set on the offensive line. They, they tagged Cam Robinson. Like you said, they, they signed a guard, like uh, they still could use some tackle help. Like I don't think Cam Robinson's like a long-term option. So I, I think that like, you know, a couple of these, sharper dudes like Jeremiah and, and Lance Zierlein, like they've mentioned that it's definitely still possible that they could take a tackle as like a more long-term uh, fit. So I don't think we're drawing like completely dead, but yeah, I mean, uh, it definitely fired at the wrong time um, because I, I mean, like immediately once free agency started, we just got completely steamed the other way. Yeah. Evan, what are your thoughts on number one overall pick consensus favorite now is indeed Aiden Hutchinson edge rusher out of, <laughs> Michigan, you have to lay a huge price, though, minus 400 or so to get it. What are you hearing on the number one overall pick? Yeah, I mean, the best intel that we can get right now is going to be from Jeremiah and guys that work for the actual, you know, for NFL.com and NFL Network. Those guys are going to be the best insiders that we have to lean on. We can look at the Mel Kuyper and the Todd McShay mocks and, and, and all that, but it's... I, 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 I would, you know, if you are really into this, you got to listen to every single Move the Sticks podcast. And he also has a show. It's on at like a kind of weird time, like two or three p.m. Um, but I mean, you you know, if you're again, if you're really into this, you might want to think about taping it and watching it when you can because he has the absolute best intel. And I know that he missed on uh, the, the Deshaun Watson thing, but when it comes to the NFL draft, there's no no better source. His mock draft is pretty good to great every year, and he is like pretty confident right now that it's going to be Aiden Hutchinson of Michigan number one to Jacksonville. But I think that even he would acknowledge that I'm not, we're, we're not entirely sure that the Jaguars are entirely set on who they're going to pick. So it's hard for anybody else to say with true confidence that uh, it, it can be a particular guy. And I still think that the Jaguars need to trade out. I mean, even after signing all these guys and overpaying all these guys, they still get a bunch of holes in their rosters. They wound up paying, you know, six, seven quality starters, you know, just starters in the NFL, like at top of the market money, you know, and that's going to come back to roost at some point. Um, so they need to continue to supplement this roster. I think they have three top 70 picks, um, but they, they're going to need to hit on those to, to, you know, supplement the roster with uh, actual cheap guys on rookie deals. Yeah. And, and uh, this is not a market that I'm looking to lay a lot of wood on right now, like the minus 400 stuff that I was just, Talking about, I do think that 10 to 1 on Ecom is still interesting for sure. I think it starts to get more interesting, Amigo, as you go to odds to go number two overall. Because, man, I mean, it's really hard to tell. And one thing that I think is important to understand with draft props this year is I expect there to be more trades than usual in the top 10. We have not seen a lot of trades in the top 10 recently. And so as a lot of these prices are correlated to team needs, and that's dangerous when there's going to be, or you think there's going to be a lot of trades. Current odds to go Number two, I mean, it's tight. Malik Willis, Kyle Hamilton, Trayvon Walker all around four to one. On DraftKings, I saw yesterday you could get Malik Willis at five to one to go number two. I think there's at least some chance that the Lions just say, you know what, screw it. We have Jared Goff, but let's take Malik Willis here 
and see how it goes. What do you think about the odds number two market right now? Yeah, I mean, we made two bets on this market uh, last week. We took Trevon Walker and and Malik Willis, and I, I still think that those are the two guys that have kind of the best chance to go here. I mean, if we're talking about trading, um, I mean, the one position that I think teams every year show us that they're willing to trade up for is quarterback Willis. I, it appears, I mean, I think by all accounts to be the, the best quarterback in this draft. I know that Kenny Pickett had uh, a very productive season, but I think that the tools of Willis are going to really intrigue a lot of teams. Um, so I think that that's definitely in play. I, I, I think that trading, you know, teams trading up for position players this high that aren't quarterback becomes a little difficult. So I, if it's not going to be for a quarterback or if the lines themselves aren't going to take a quarterback, um, I, I would definitely think that an edge rusher, fits a need and, and not only fits a need, but it, you know, matches the, the talent that's in this draft. It's a really good defensive line slash, you know, pass rusher draft. We know that that's a premium position in the NFL. So that, that's why I really like Trevon Walker. Um, and that's kind of, I think that those are really the, the best two guys. I, I still think that those are the best two guys. I know Kyle Hamilton is the favorite in a bunch of spots, but I, I think that that's probably just too premium for a safety at number two. Uh, we've only seen, like I, we've only seen a handful of safeties go in the top six in, you know, in the last like 20 years and, and none higher than five. So uh, for C1 to go two, I think would be pretty surprising. Yeah. We also took Trevon Walker to be the first Georgia player selected at minus 175. That line's gotten blown up a lot. Certainly got a good price there. Evan, any thoughts on what the Lions will do? With the number two overall. Well, the buzz coming out of the combine, like immediately after the combine was pretty strong, and, and during the combine was pretty strong on Malik Willis to the Lions. The Steelers have also been heavily connected to Malik Willis by uh, some, some smart people uh, that cover the league. But I, and then I felt like it died for a minute. Malik Willis uh, to uh, number two to, to Detroit, it just got a little bit more quiet. Um, like leading into free agency, but then coming out of free age, the, the first wave of free agency, we're, we're pretty deep into the second wave of free agency really right now. And it only took a week to, for, you know, everything to go nuts. But I think that the, the buzz is building back toward Malik Willis to Detroit in part because the lions really never got involved in any of the, this quarterback movement. And, you know, there's still Baker Mayfield out there who it sounds like could be had for a song might even get cut. And the lions haven't even been connected to Baker Mayfield um, like at all. You know, anytime that Baker Mayfield's name comes up, it's Seattle or Carolina. Sounds like Carolina has no interest. And then Seattle's has been lukewarm at best. Um, so I, I think that the buzz is strong right now. Malik Willis. I took Trayvon Walker. I did not take the Malik Willis uh, end of that. And I'm kind of kicking myself for not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And one other thing I, I just want to say about Willis is that, you know, the lions got to work with him at the senior bowl. Like they've already seen him up close. So them not going to maybe the pro day today is not like a huge issue. We already know that in the past, you know, teams sometimes don't even mute these guys, especially when there's an opportunity for maybe a team to, to trade up ahead of them. I mean, um, you know, I think the thing that we hear so much this year is, you know, this quarterback class is, is no good 2023, 2023, you know, Stroud, Bryce Young, all these guys. But the thing is that, you know, that those picks are going to be really highly contested. You know, you're going to have a bunch of other teams, you know, Atlanta, Carolina, uh, the Steelers, like uh, there's going to be tons of other teams that are going to be maybe tanking out and going for those guys. So if you're Detroit, you know, you're, you kind of have, you might look at it as, well, we can, we can 
you know, hope that we're one of the worst teams in the league this year uh, and, and be in position to draft one of those guys, or we can just take the guy now that we have an opportunity to get and, uh, you know, and, and start that timeline. Yep. Okay. I'll just go number three. I don't think is that interesting right now. The, the slight favorite is Evan Neal. Let's see, plus 210. Ecom plus 220. You can get guys like Willis and Walker around plus 700. Any takes on what the Texans are looking at at number three overall, Amico? Yeah, I mean, we went with Walker. I think Walker, again, here is a, is a good pick. Uh, eight to one on DraftKings. There's a couple different prices, obviously, at other books. Um, but I just think that the market is probably not pricing in enough that Walker has jumped ahead of, in my opinion, based on a lot of the things that I've listened to, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau as the second edge player off the board. So uh, Houston's another team that has tons of needs. Again, I would have the same caveats about safety um, at three that I do at two. Uh, and I think that offensive tackle is definitely a possibility. I mean, they could certainly use to shore that up, but they are going to keep Laramie Tunsil. I think early on in the process, it was rumored that they would be moving on from him. So the need to add a tackle this high probably isn't as dramatic as it was earlier. And, uh, you know, you have to split those odds between two different players. So I think that Walker kind of gives us, uh, again, another look at maybe the next best edge guy after Hutchinson and, uh, you know, certainly a fit with Lovey Smith and, uh, you know, what Casario typically looks for in, in, in defensive players. Yeah. You mentioned, you mentioned Kayvon Thibodeau, Amico. I want to give Evan a chance to jump in here on that because we did make a bet yesterday. Kayvon Thibodeau over five and a half draft position. Got it at minus 118. I think there's more minus 150s, minus 170s, maybe more out there now. But I know there's been some negative buzz on Thibodeau. Evan, what do you think about that over five and a half? Yeah, before I jump into that, I uh, just want to say Dave Burkett, longtime Lions beat writer, does an awesome job. He was asked on Twitter who he thought his favorite for the Lions uh, would be at number two. And he said, pass rusher and Trayvon Walker. Now, the beat writers are the guys that the, they're not always great mock drafters. They're not always great at pre predicting um, you know, who their team is going to pick. Every year there are, meet, uh, uh, there, are mock, there are beat writer mock drafts specifically where websites will – you know, have each uh, have, you know, one specific beat writer come in and, and make a pick for their team based on who's left on the board. And they are so inaccurate, like they're, they're, they're not helpful, you know? Um, and, and so, and the teams are sort of incentivized sometimes to mislead their beat writer because there are little, you know, troll farms on, on each team looking at, you know, like what's the information coming out from, uh, you know, that that team and that beat writer and, you know, they try to compile that and, and try to figure out what the other teams are doing. I mean, that that's like actually a real thing. Josh Norris used to do that for the Rams for, for a minute, actually. Um, but all teams do that. And actually, you could go back and watch that. Um, the, the Bengals hard knocks. And you'll see in the back, like, you know, they have a wrote they have wrote a world open because we put all that. We, or at least we used to put all that stuff on our website. Uh, so. You know, what, what, I, what I just said is that essentially that's meaningless, what Dave Burkett just said, uh, but Dave Burkett is still really good at his job. Um, when it comes to Kayvon Thibodeau, the buzz at and after the combine was pretty negative on him, like, like vehemently negative in that teams went into um, his evaluation 
thought that he was not, you know, did not always give a, a all a all out effort on tape. And then when he went to the combine, he told like what what you do is you have your representatives or yourself. They tell the teams what what you're gonna what the what the uh, the prospect is going to do at the combine. You know, Kayvon Thibodeau said that he was going to do a full workout. He shows up, runs the forty, and then like dips. And so the the teams are like, well, you know, he he didn't give us like the full story here on what he was going to do. We see him loafing on tape is is the the term that I heard. You know, I, this is not. I'm just this is secondhand stuff. I have not watched Kayvon Thibodeau's tape, um, but you know, this is kind of the feeling. And then in in uh, in interviews, he compared himself he compared himself to Jadavion Clowney, which they thought was strange because J- Jadavion Clowney has like been a a journeyman in the NFL and another guy who has been criticized for not giving his all on every single play. So this combination of factors has like, you know, scared some teams and there's even some thought that he could fall like into the teens on draft day. Yeah. It's interesting. And that's why we took the five and a half minus minus one eighteen. That was also a really good price for sure. Miko, I don't know. Would you still take the five and a half minus one fifties or minus one sixties out there on Thibodeau? I mean, I think at minus 150, minus 160, I might just let it sit for a little bit. I mean, yeah. I, I, I think that everything that Evan said makes a ton of sense. Um, but obviously, uh, you know, the reason that Thibodeau is being described as a slider is because he was high up to start. You know, obviously a really talented guy. So Yeah, uh, like all, all college season, all yeah. college season, he was considered like the favorite to go number one overall. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Um, Okay, let's go to some of these first at their position to go market. We made a bet on Brees Hall at minus 115. This was actually my favorite one that I took uh, so far is this Brees Hall to be the first running back taken. I think we might have got minus 110. I got some minus 115 on it. Also, I mean, in today's NFL, uh, it's like, you know, nobody even thinks twice. But 10, 25, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, Brees Hall's combination of measurables with college production he would have been like a top five pick right and so like I know Amico you like Kenneth Walker some I would be surprised if Brees Hall was not the first running back off the board this one I actually think he has a chance to go sometime in round one which is saying a lot for today's NFL so the price is up to like minus 200 minus 220 now Amico how do you feel about our Brees Hall bet and maybe you can give people a little bit on why you like Kenneth Walker yeah, I mean, I, I think that those are really the only two names that have a shot here to to do this. And and Hall should be the prohibitive favorite uh, as he is now. Um, he's the only guy in this draft that I think we know can play on, on all three downs and has like the requisite athleticism. Like you said, like there really isn't a huge difference if you're just looking at the profile, which, which I, I have been doing for the site. You can check that out. Um, there's not a huge difference between him and a bunch of these other guys who have gone top five over the last, you know, half decade, including guys like Saquon Barkley. So, you know, to see, to, to see him not be the first running back off the board, I think would be surprising. Um, it's definitely correct that he's the favorite probably at around these odds. The the only reason that I, that I think about Walker is just because I, I do think that it's like, a two horse race. Maybe it's not like a true coin flip, but it could be like 60, 40 or, or, or 70, 30 or something like that. So from that perspective, I, you know, I think that Walker has a pedigree, obviously he was really productive, doesn't have the receiving profile, but does have the athletic profile. So I think he's in the mix, but uh, definitely would prefer 
uh, Hall for a bunch of the reasons you mentioned. Yeah, I mean, if Hall got back down to minus 175 or so, I'd probably be willing to to go back and bet that one. Again, I don't think we're going to see it, though I doubt we'll see less than, you know, the minus 200s that we have out there right now. Um, let's talk first quarterback to go, Evan, because, I mean, it, it the books are pricing as a straight two-horse race. You can get Malik Willis around minus 162, I think is the best price to be first quarterback off the board. Minus 170 on FanDuel, I saw. The only other guy in contention is Kenny Pickett, there's some plus 195s out there. No one is giving Corral, Howell, Ritter much of a chance to be the first quarterback off the board. Evan, what are you thinking about the top of quarterbacks? Do any of those other guys have a chance? And what do you think about Pickett versus Willis, first quarterback to go? I think that it's that uh, sounds about accurate to me. Uh, Malik Willis, I think maybe should be closer to minus 200. I, I think that he is the, the fairly clear-cut favorite to be the first quarterback drafted. And I think that you could price him a little bit more aggressively. And it, I, I'd still be willing to bet it. I mean, I, I would, I'd, I'd definitely be willing to bet it at minus 162 right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Kenny Pickett, the buzz has been strong on him to Carolina at where, – where are they, at six right now? Yeah. Yeah, number six. Because uh, at their at, – well, first of all, <clears throat> you know, they have Sam Darnold you know, as their quarterback. So, you know, they, they are one of these teams that came out of free agency and they didn't do anything. You know, they, they tried to get in on Deshaun Watson, completely understandable why he didn't want to go there. I mean, they have so, they have very little to surround him with. They've got some stuff, you know, some good stuff at receiver, but a terrible O-line, you know, a coach who is like, I, I think that he's kind of potentially on the outs. I mean, there have been a lot of rumblings that David Tepper is already fed up with Matt Rule. They just hired Ben McAdoo, who, you know, there are some reasons to believe that he got a little bit of a bum rap with the Giants, but he also, like, you know, isn't necessarily thought of as, you know, some great, you know, innovator uh, by a lot of people. And, um, you know, they they need a quarterback. I mean, you know, period. And Kenny Pickett, apparently at the uh, – at Kenny Pickett's pro day, they were, you know, being or they were, you know, very aggressive. Like they they sent their, you know, entire contingent. They went, they were like looking at his hands. His hands are so small, by the way. I mean, I, I know that, you know, we talk about the actual number, eight and five eighths inches. But I mean, if you look at like he was wearing gloves, and I mean, they are so small. Um it's it's a legit concern, you know. And um, but with with the Panthers, I mean, it's just it comes down to they've shown a lot of interest. They need a quarterback, and Kenny Pickett, I think, is the, the odds-on favorite to be the second quarterback off the board. Yeah, I mean, if you think that he's going to go number six, you're not leaving a lot of room for Malik Willis to go ahead of him, right? You almost need him to go to the Lions there. Giants picking fifth, Jets fourth, obviously have a quarterback. Texans third seem committed to, to Davis Mills, and then, of course, you have Detroit, and then you have Jacksonville. So, yeah, it's definitely interesting there in the quarterback spot. The first to wide receiver to go market, though, Amico, is one that we've been stalking for a while because I, I like Traylon Burks, man. Like, I, I, I don't really see – I'm no scout, but I don't see that big of a gap between Traylon Burks and Drake London or Garrett Wilson or whatever, but the market doesn't see it that way. You can get 9-1 to one on Traylon Burks to be the first wide receiver off the board. You got to lay around plus 115 or so for Garrett Wilson, plus 175 on Drake London. Amico, how are you thinking about – first wide receiver to go market right now i think that london offers the best price right now at plus 175 uh, wilson jumped out to be a, a pretty big favorite to start i think in a, a couple of places he's still minus money um but it, just 
looking again at the mocks, listening to Jeremiah, uh, listening to Lance Zierlein, like it really sounds like it's kind of a toss up right now between Wilson and London. It sounds like Burks, uh, not just because of the 40, but like the totality of the workout at the combine along with his pro day. Uh, it's kind of just like not in this mix anymore. Like he's probably still going to be going the first round, but he's not really, doesn't really have a chance to go like in the top 10, like these guys do. So um, I think that those guys are really close, really depending on where you look. Uh, it's been flipping back and forth between who's going off the board first. I know that, you know, a couple of those big scouts like have Wilson as the best receiver, but even in their mocks, like they have sometimes put London as the first one off the board uh, just based on, on fit or, or maybe what a particular team is looking for. So I, I like London at plus 175 I think that offers decent value right now. Uh, I want to move to cornerbacks, but Evan, any takes on wide receivers before we move on? No, no, I don't have a strong feel. I just, I, I think it's still up in the air at this point. Yeah. And I mean, at this early in the process, like normally we don't start looking at this until a little bit closer. At least, at least I don't this early in the process. The only argument I can make, to push back on Amico on Traylon is, yeah, it doesn't sound like it now. A lot can change in the next month. You know what I mean? It's so like the earlier you are, the more willing I am to take chances on some long shots, like a nine to one on Traylon. But yeah, I mean, I, I hear you. it doesn't seem likely right now. Um, cornerbacks. So we, we took uh, Ahmad Gardner under eight and a half, I believe, at minus 135. That's up to minus 160 or so right now. You can also get Ahmad Gardner uh minus 300 to be the first cornerback off the board amico i know you also are interested in this how many cornerbacks will go in round one market what do you think about all that stuff yeah i mean i think gardner right now is is pretty appropriately priced uh derek stingley is super talented and and for most of the season was projected ahead of gardner um but the big date for stingley is april 6th because that's lsu's pro day uh, injuries have been like a pretty big factor in you know him basically falling a little bit during the process so if he has a good pro day if he looks healthy um he's definitely going to be live again to be the first corner off the board definitely gonna be live again to go into the top 10 so i think that that's a a date we all need to have circled kind of on our calendars if we're, if we're betting this stuff um with the total corners uh the line is four and a half and you can get over at, at plus money in a, in a bunch of spots and it just like i just feel like with the way that the league is going in terms of passing uh that has kind of necessitated corners being pushed up the board higher and higher every year you know the last two years we had five and six corners taken in the first round respectively um there's an, a, a bunch of good prospects again this year i mean gardner stingley are two of them trent mcduffie andrew booth i think that those guys are all like pretty locked into the first round right now uh and then it's just a matter of like any of these other guys that can make it um jalen petrie if he lists as a corner kyler gordon roger mccreary like uh, Daxon Hill could be listed as a corner depending on who takes him like there's just seems like there's a bunch of options and uh you know for as much as we push the receivers and the quarterbacks at the board like I think the corners also have gone so I'm, I'm kind of intrigued by this four and a half over at a uh, plus money yeah a uh, plus money is certainly interesting you know I, I think as the NFL has gone more and more into a passing league teams talk themselves more and more into <laughs> using first round picks on the cornerback position Evan I know you hit that one last year over number of cornerbacks taken in round one any early takes at the cornerback position for you or any macro thoughts on how the nfl thinks about cornerback no um well i mean as it pertains to this particular draft i i, I don't have any confident takes on that but i you know there's definitely a, sh a cornerback shortage and we talked about it a lot entering last season like some some teams just had barren depth charts 
at uh, at um, I'm thinking of Arizona uh, at, at the cornerback position. Some teams were able to make do with, you know, by uh, being more aggressive with the blitz. Some teams are able to make do by just uh, being able to rush the passer with four pass rushers. Um, but there, there's a, a, a severe cornerback shortage. I remember I tweeted it out and Richard Sherman like chimed in. He was like, I agree. You know, he was like the, the you know, the, 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 the state of the position has kind of changed. I don't know if, if that's because if they, you know, they started a couple of years ago to move all those athletes uh, to wide receiver more, or, you know, I, I don't know exactly what the explanation is, but there's definitely a shortage at the cornerback position and that could fuel the potential for another first round flush with first uh, with with, uh, with cornerbacks just as we saw last year sauce Gardner the under on eight and a half has been I think my favorite draft prop so far that we've put out uh so I, I I'm I'm feeling good about that I, I don't know if you I, I did notice that we didn't move the the market very much because I think I thought we took it at either minus 110 or minus 135 and I looked the next couple of days, it was still at minus 135, yeah. under eight and a half for Sauce Gardner. When you listen to the, the dudes that, you know, have real connections uh, in, throughout the NFL, like the NFL loves Sauce Gardner. And it's hard to imagine him getting past, you know, maybe the Texans at three. He could go to the Jets at four. The Giants pick twice at five and seven. He could easily go in, in any of those positions. And I, I don't think that he gets past number seven. Yep, certainly like that one too. Yeah, we bet it at minus 135. There are some minus 160s or so. I actually saw minus 149 on Fox on Gardner yesterday. So yeah, certainly, um, like I said, you need to have money on all of the books. Last thing I want to talk about is Charles Cross here, Amico. I know you had some thoughts. He's at his pick number right now, bet is six and a half minus 114 both ways. What do you think about what's going on with Charles Cross? Yeah, it just feels like he's being pushed up the board due to need, which is something that you had mentioned earlier. Like, um, there's going to be probably some trades maybe in this area of the draft. Uh, I think that everyone is basically looking at the Panthers and saying, well, if they aren't taking a quarterback, they're probably taking an offensive tackle because that's really what they need. Uh, but I don't really think that based on what a lot of the scouts are saying that like Charles Cross is the same caliber of prospect as in a Quanu or an Evan Neal. Uh, so to see him kind of also in that top six range, I, I mean, it just, it just feels like a needs based reach. And I, I think that like, if we're basically drawing just a Carolina that, you know, that's something that we should maybe be looking at as an over. I mean, the giants, uh, I mean, Joe Schoen is not going to start his tenure as giants GM by reaching for positional need. Like he, he never did that. Or the, you know, the Buffalo staff he was a part of never did that at offensive line. Um, you know, the Jets don't really have as strong of a need there. So I, I don't know. I think that the, I think that this cross thing, like he really should be probably closer at eight or nine and a half right now. Um, so I think six and a half over, I think that's another one that, that, that we like, maybe we should pull the trigger on that. Okay. Yes. Well, we'll give you guys a chance for listening to this to bet the Charles cross. If you want it before we put it out, because all we do is give and we give and we give and we give. All right. I think this is a good first look. We'll still be back maybe a couple weeks out from the draft, and then we'll do another one right before the draft on this same topic. If you want access to what we're putting on, and again, we're releasing all our draft props for free this year, go to Salvage and Run's Twitter, and you'll see a Gleam page on there. Basically, you just give us your email address. You follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, et cetera, and you will have access to the free draft props. Amico, tell the people where they can find you, where they can find your sub stack, 
where they can find you on Twitter, the machine, all that. Yeah, Adam Eekster on Twitter. I mean, all the all the draft stuff, all the good stuff right now is at ETR. So I mean, that's that's really all that there is to plug right now. My mock is on my Substack, but all the all the good content I think is is currently on Amico. ETR. Definitely be checking all that. Amico, plug the goddamn Substack, buddy. Say give <laughs> give, give, give give the address. Amikesta.substack.com. Jesus Christ! No, who hate who hates money more than more than this guy? Jesus Christ! All right. Be back later this week with a solo pod, and then Evan and I will be back next week to get to talking about football yet again. Appreciate y'all being here for Amico, for Evan, for Pursuit. I'm Adam. Good luck, everybody. Mm-hmm.